0: This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lee. Welcome
1: to IA Forward. Shane, my husband went to a tech forum last week and we decided to do a little experiment. Now he's always heard from me that if you dress just a little bit nicer, that if the airline has an upgrade available, you're going to be the one to get it.
0: So I'm going to disappoint here because my wife always wants me to dress better than i dress and you know she's right and i am maybe just gotten way too comfortable with the way i dress it's one of those things for me where i know what you're talking about i believe you it's crazy that that's the way it works in the world that shouldn't necessarily be the case in some ways but we know it's true. If you dress a little better, if you look the part, then you're going to get a little better chance when it comes to success or business or getting chosen for something.
1: Right. Or getting upgraded to first class on the plane.
0: Or getting upgraded on the class, which I really didn't know was a thing until you brought this up. I pretty much fly Southwest these days and there's no first class. And I've never been voluntarily upgraded to first class. Really. Really. I have flown first class a couple of times, mostly on other people's dimes when they were sending me somewhere, but I've never been voluntarily upgraded, which to your point may have something to do with the way I dress.
1: Well, last Sunday, the cute boy came to me and said, Hey, I, I want to see if, if your theory on this actually works. Let's go shopping. Well, you know, as a female, let's go shopping are my happy words, right? And so we went to Dillard's and I put together four nice outfits for him. Not suit and tie kind of things, but a nice textured pant with a maybe a merino wool crew neck and a sport jacket and just some nice fabrics because I'm all about fabrics and textures and put those together And when he arrived at this forum, he said he walked in and it was just like it commanded respect in a different way. And he came Mm -hmm. back and, of course, as a man, he had to say, you know, "You're you're right. Now, keep in mind, you know, my husband is an expert in his field and he is all of those things. But when he was meeting this new group of people, it just automatically created a level of respect.
0: Well, I can only imagine in the IT technical world, since this is an insurance podcast, we can pick on them a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, they're a little sloppy sometimes, right? right I mean, right. let's just use yeah. the, Let's just say sometimes they can be a little sloppy yeah. looking. They cannot present themselves. Can you only imagine what an individual in that realm actually dressing up just a little bit would do to the room? Right. I mean, it would basically command dominance of the room, right? Right, Right. So your theory works. The only thing I can think of, and I'm totally out of my game right here, is when you kept saying texture, all I could think about is the only texture I really like is blue jean. (laughs) I don't know any other textures. I don't even think about textures when it comes to my clothing. I have to admit that I do not buy my clothing any longer. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to purchase my clothing. Because I think I've done a very poor job of purchasing clothing in the past. And so it's no longer part of my requirement on this earth.
1: That's what we have Julie for. That's right. 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 And you have every color Integra shirt that's possible.
0: I do. I'm blessed. It's an Integra shirt or something that she bought. Just tell me what to wear with these blue jeans.
1: (laughs) I had an insurance salesman years and years ago fuss at me about the car I was driving and I was just moving into sales and he told me, he said, you really know your stuff. But when you pull up in the gray Ford Taurus with the big dent in it, that's 16 years old, it doesn't instill confidence in me that you're successful and that you have the knowledge to make me successful
0: I've heard this I have to say that I don't subscribe to this but I know that this exists it can be cultural I think it can be a geographic thing as well but you have to dress for success you know kind of that thing the vehicle I had an insurance mentor of mine when I was young that believed this wholeheartedly new vehicle every year every other year at the most he was trading his opinion was that you had to show up successfully in order to be taken seriously. I went through this sort of career cycle where I went through that a little bit, where I had the newer vehicle and I'd trade the new vehicle and I've moved out of that. Here's the other side of that. This is interesting to me. I drive a almost 10-year-old vehicle today. I have a Toyota Tundra. It's a 2013. It has 215,000 miles on it. Now, It is reliable. It cranks. It gets me where I want to go. I personally think it still looks good. That's just me, though. Maybe I'm getting a little older. It does, because I had
1: no idea that your truck was that old. Yeah, so
0: so it it still looks good. It gets me where I want to go. And I actually have had two different people in the last three months make a comment that... They thought it was really impressive that I drove an older vehicle.
1: As the CEO of our organization. organization.
0: As a leader of an organization, that my vehicle does not look out of place in our parking lot. This was something that was the other side of this Mm -hmm. to me that was very interesting. Now, we're probably talking about... A couple of different perspectives here. We're talking about if you're an agent, you're a salesperson, you're going out and seeing customers, you're networking. So I can kind of see where maybe looking the part is a necessity. And then there's the flip side of servant leadership as more of a treat everyone the same, be respectful of everyone, etc. that you don't actually flaunt success. So I've seen both perspectives right. at this point. And I'm not really sure if there's a right or wrong here. I just think it's an interesting thing because I've been through both cycles at this point.
1: One vehicle we have is 11 years old and, and one of them is five. I'm a drive it till the wheels fall off kind of girl. But after that conversation, I have done a better job over the last two decades of making sure what I'm driving is respectable.
0: I think your location matters too. If you're in a suburban or metro area versus you're in the country we talk about this well-documented internally here. I wear jeans and boots every day. Why do I do that? It's not because I'm lazy or I'm dressing ultra comfortable. They are comfortable. I do like wearing jeans and boots, but we're in a rural area. When I first started, after doing some investment banking interviews and deciding I'm going to go in the insurance business, I started showing up for the first few years in our small town, slacks, sometimes tie, sometimes coat and tie, definitely some, what I would call fancier, probably tech, textured slacks, right? <laughs> some some fancier slacks and and so forth. And that was the what I thought I was supposed to do. And I noticed that a lot of the customers I was talking to weren't dressed like me they were in jeans and boots they were loggers they were contractors they they were blue collar they got their hands dirty and I started realizing that my customers need to see me for who I was authentically I'm not telling you not to be authentic but I only dressed the way I dressed at work At the same time i was not being authentic but i was also maybe being a little overdressed for my customer and it just seemed to open doors for me to look around and realize that i could be who i was and be more comfortable with who they were and it was a connection point i think it just depends now if i was in dallas if we were in other parts of the country a metro area i'm probably wearing slacks Every day. So
1: the first time that I ever came to the office here in Huntington, I had on my skirt suit and my three and a half inch high heel tote pumps and I was dressed and, and I walked in and I'm like, Well, this isn't right, you know.
0: <laughs> you might have been a little overdressed. Just a little, yeah, just, just a, little. a little.
1: And on this particular trip it was funny I actually came from a weekend in Dallas with my husband and Accidentally sent my business clothes suitcase home with him, and kept my weekend clothes with me, and uh, with all of my dirty clothes from the weekend. So today I'm here in the office in tennis shoes and and leggings, and
0: and not overly and odd, not
1: overly odd, <laughs> yeah, but overly odd for me. But you know, just just talking about looking the part, and how are you presenting yourself? to your customers and beyond the clothes, How are we presenting ourselves to our customers in an email? I'll tell you one of the things that drives me crazy is to get an email that has an email signature that takes up an entire window. It has got so much crazy information, so many different logos, so many of all of these things. That drives me nuts because half of the time if there's any kind of reply or forward, half of those images don't come through and then it's a big hot
0: mess. This is a huge pet peeve that's just really creeping up on us. It's starting to really happen. It's that personal expression piece and that one and the email signatures one. And then this thing about emailing, like we text.
1: Oh yeah. See, Uh
0: -uh. email, electronic mail, I think is more letter based. It's more of where I would go from a letter. Now I will send messages to people on a reply depending on their reply, if we're in an email trail, no, I'm not going to pour over That message to be a novel. I'm not trying to win an award with things there, but I do want to use decent grammar and good grammar. I do not want to use LOLs or emojis or anything like that in my email. That's just something I don't do.
1: Note to self don't send emojis and emails to show.
0: Now, texting, I'm an emoji guy. I love the gifts and In a text or get me on Teams internally and I'll go to town. But my email got to be a little more professional. Emojiless. Emojiless.
1: So let's go back to texts. What do you think that all of the people that respond with K as opposed to OK do with the extra time they have saved by not typing the O?
0: I've learned because of raising children in the last few years and having teenagers in the last few years that K is not good. Don't K me. This is another pet peeve that I've learned through failure. I thought K was good. I've generally never used it
1: yeah, I don't use it at all. I
0: generally say OK.
1: Right.
0: Or OKAY. A-Y,
1: right. Right. Because that, we're really old and we things right. spell things out. Because I generally spell it out
0: in case they wondered. But it's really the reason I spell it out, OKAY, A Y is because I'm really not sure what's offensive and what's not offensive when it comes to texting. Because this is something that I'm really starting to realize.
1: Like the um, thumbs up being considered passive-aggressive?
0: I guess. I don't know.
1: That's the new thing, is now okay. thumbs up is considered I do that all the time. Aggressive.
0: You know, can you thumbs up the actual message? Like, I know you're not an iPhoneer. You're part of the 1%, but the rest of us with the iPhones, you hold it down on the message, and there's a thumbs up. Right. Does that passive-aggressive, too?
1: I don't know the answer to that question. But, okay. yeah, it came about because of that.
0: Here's the thing. Texting in general... Unless you are communicating briefly or something that is crystal clear, call, don't text. That's my number one rule, which is going to sound crazy and old, but I think the new thing that's going to start wars globally is a text.
1: I would agree with that because you lose the context of what someone's voice sounds like.
0: Yes. You could simply mean something very simple and you started a war. And you didn't know it. And it is amazing to me how miscontextualized texting can be. And what's really interesting to go further is texting is becoming a really big part of communication in our businesses, especially the insurance agency world.
1: I got a text from you one weekend, and however it was worded, I spent the whole rest of the weekend trying to figure out, okay, is this good? Is this bad? Is he happy? Is he not happy?
0: See? (laughs) Yeah. And I have no idea what you're talking about. And maybe
1: I'm a female and I overthink things and we know that women do that.
0: Yes, true.
1: I accept responsibility.
0: I mean, there's truth to that and that's okay. The way you were designed, I'm good with that. I'm glad that women are are that way. I think that... Are you really? I am. I am. (laughs) It's who you are. The thing is, though, I think we have to have awareness here because customers are texting us and we're texting customers. So where are we going with that? And do we have policy around that? Because it is such a relaxed communication method today. If somebody's willing to text with you on a customer basis, they're saying it's okay to use text language, in my view. If you're a customer and you're texting me as your agent to do something, to me, you're giving me permission to use a texting language. And what I mean by that is short language, you know, thumbs up back to the things that might be considered offensive. Well, you just personalized it. You just took it to a different level. Otherwise, you would have called or you would have emailed, but the text is convenient. If the text is okay with your customer, I love it in one sense because now we're reaching a whole new relationship level, in my view.
1: From a devil's advocate standpoint, something goes wrong. We end up with an E&O claim, and now those texts are being read in a courtroom. How do we feel about it being in texting language and can that be used against us and be presented as us not being professional?
0: I think that things are becoming so standardized. Let me back up and say this. If you are communicating with your customer via text on your phone versus your CRM, your software, your management system. We do all of our text communications with clients through our platform. That's policy. It's not my phone and their phone. It's my system, my laptop, my computer, my browser, my CRM with a text capability in it. And I am capturing and I am typing and I am doing business that way. Now they feel the text as if I'm texting from my phone, but I'm not. That's the way it should be done. And so I think there's going to be a little less of that casualness because we're supposed to be doing it actually from the computer. That's actually a reality. So if I'm on my phone and I'm texting you, you're going to interpret, is that good? Is that bad? What does that mean? What does that feel like? If I'm doing it from my laptop, then through my CRM and it's getting captured for eternity, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because that is not an editable thing. In all management systems, that should not be an editable thing. It should be locked down, and, and that's for ENO purposes on the positives, on the good side. Then we're going to be less casual on a keyboard typing that message out, my opinion.
1: Let's go back to email signatures. You know what drives me crazy? When people put their email address in their email signatures.
0: So I emailed you. Right. And you've gotten the email from me, and it says from my email address. Correct. But I'm going to tell you in the signature, here's my email address.
1: Yes. That drives me nuts. People do that? Yes. I would say... Do I do that? I would say four out of five people include their email address in their email signature.
0: Yeah. I'm at the point now to where I'm questioning whether I have to include my website address in my email signature. It's in my email. So does it have to be on my email signature? Now, if it's a landing page... If it's something else that I want to direct people to. But I even am starting to think it may be redundant to put the email address in the signature. Now I mean, a marketing person, you may disagree. No, with I agree.
1: That. I agree. If it direct links to your web address,
0: yeah. that's different. Yeah. Like buy integra or go mm-hmm. integra. I mean something that's not part of the email address itself, right? right. If we're using another domain. To market ourselves. But then we shouldn't really be doing that. But then why are we doing that, right? Because we're losing a chance to brand ourselves every time we send an email. Branding 101. Let your email address and your website match.
1: Ooh, I have one for you. Okay. John Insurance at gmail.com.
0: You just drove up in the 1983 Chevrolet that's muffler has fallen off. And you got out and you just completely dismiss your professionalism right off the bat you're screaming to your customer base or your prospect base or your referral network that you're not all the way in it professional that you're just either not skilled enough to subscribe to the very simple office 365 and secure your domain or you're too cheap to pay the 20 dollars or 15 dollars a month that it takes to get that i don't know which one it is but please don't do that
1: Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Because you're asking for people to send you their information. I'm not going to send my private information to a Gmail account. Now I have a Gmail account.
0: I have a Gmail account. I have my name at gmail.com. As do I. Which I'm very impressed with, by the way. I was an early adopter.
1: Yes, yes. But from a professional standpoint... And I see it all the time. And I'll see people say, oh, I don't want the professional email because my Gmail is already established. You can very easily put a mask on that to have it go to your Gmail. This is not hard.
0: I don't even love that in the sense that your world needs to be professionalized. And it is not expensive to professionalize your world. Business class email, we've used that term before. Having your own domain. I don't care if you're listening and you're a captive agent, you're a farmer's agent, you're a whoever. I would be capturing your domain, period. And having a domain that is something for your website. And once you do that, once you capture that domain, you have the ability at that point to go professionalize your email and get away from yahoo and get away from gmail keep it personally fine you can do that you can keep it for your personal needs i do but you've got to move your business into a branded professional email
1: some people's response to that would be but my calendar is on gmail so if i switch to outlook then i have an outlook calendar and i have a gmail calendar and i can't i don't want to keep up with two calendars and i will tell you for all of six dollars not $6 a month, but $6. There is a fantastic program out there called One Calendar that will go in. It will pull your Outlook. It will pull your Gmail. It will pull your Yahoo. It will pull all your different calendars and put them in one place for you. And that's the best 5 or $6 that I've ever spent in my entire life.
0: I think that's a great tool. I'm going to be less flexible with this statement 99 plus percent of the insurance industry runs on microsoft yes you don't have to love that you may be a mac person you may be a gmail person i'm sorry but 99 percent of the insurance industry is not moving off of microsoft right it's not coming anytime soon if it ever comes just go just make it happen. If you want to be in the insurance industry and you want to be taken seriously professionally, people can disagree with me on this if you want to. I was in a Facebook group the other day for a CRM and people were complaining that there wasn't a Gmail plug There's not going to be a Gmail plug I'm sitting here thinking in my mind, the reason that the development isn't happening and you keep putting this in the development pipeline as a user and they keep ignoring it is because nobody else is needing this. You're the only one. There's only one of you. Maybe there's 10 of you. But out of hundreds of thousands of users, millions of users, there's just not very many of you and you are not going to get that plugin. But they got an Outlook plugin and the Outlook plugin works very well and that's just what they're going to be. That's this thing that I would have been that guy 25 years ago. I like my stuff, and I want to use my stuff, and this is the way it's going to be, and I'm going to be this holdout. I'm saying that's not worth the battle today. Just get to where people are.
1: Let's talk about having an office phone.
0: Office phone number or physical office phone?
1: That was why I was bringing it up. Okay,
0: I have let go of my physical office phone.
1: Well, my physical office phone takes up half my desk.
0: Which is why I let go of my physical office phone. I now have the app on my mobile phone and I can take that call wherever I'm at. But what I did is I stole it from another part of the office because we had an extra one, but I have a Jabra Bluetooth speaker. And anytime I'm needing to be in my office with a group of people and have a conference call, I just pop out the Jabra. It connects automatically to my phone and I have an office phone call. It's five inches across. It's so small and I can keep it on the side or in my desk when I'm not using it. Because what I figured out probably four or five months ago when I made this move is that I was answering on my mobile phone because of my AirPods being in my ears, that I never answered my physical desk phone. So I let it go. Now, internally, we've got some mixed emotions about that. Some people want the phone. And some people have let go of the phone. I noticed last week that I think our support supervisor has taken her phone off of her desk, which I thought was extremely interesting to me. So we are like migrating almost to sort of this BYOD, bring your own device kind of environment because the app is working better than the physical desk phone.
1: All of that being said, we still have office telephone numbers, even Mm. if we are using our cellular communication devices.
0: Yeah, because the app for the phone system is on that phone. And no, we're not saying you have a cell phone, just use your cell phone number.
1: Please don't do that. I, please, 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 don't do that. I
0: am a big advocate for having a professional phone system. The definition of that has changed a little bit because everything's pretty much voice over IP. You can subscribe to something and get that pretty inexpensively. They all have apps that go on your cell phone. So you can actually be calling from your business line, not your cell number. And if you're not working that way, I really encourage you to migrate that way. We have 30 something employees i thought we were going to have a lot of trouble people just really not wanting to let go of their physical desk phones and i'm seeing this sort of migration where people are starting to go i would rather have my desk space back over my physical desk phone and it is so interesting to me
1: well you wouldn't let me spray paint my new phone white so this makes me happy
0: well that's a whole nother thing you know
1: (laughs) every i even spray painted my monitors Mm -hmm. y'all and um we got new phones, and Shane's like, no, you cannot spray paint this in white. Our,
0: I think all of our new salespeople, I don't think when you come on as a sales executive at Integra that you're getting a phone. I just think you're getting the app. I don't want you chained to your desk. I want you to have that freedom, and it gave me a little bit of a sense of freedom that was very interesting, psychologically, to kill my desk phone.
1: That said, going back to the idea of professionalism, have an office office. Line And it's one of those things when you're looking at scalability, you don't want a thousand people to have your cell phone number. You just don't.
0: No, you don't. People will not call your office line after hours most of the time. The rest of the world doesn't know that your business office line is on your cell phone. They think it's at your office. You're kind of having your cake and eating it too because you could take a call if you got one. After hours, but you also kind of would have this thing where you could let it go to voicemail and have that balance and then decide whether that's something you need to call back or not. When they have your cell number, it's almost like you're giving them permission to call you at 2 a.m.
1: I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Shaquille O'Neal. I never worry about the problem. I only worry about
0: the solution. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at integraagent.com. That's integraagent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at iaforward.com.